everybody has stuff. I had to completely master my mindset. When you're physically abused by a parent, you, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel loved. You don't feel wanted. It's a lot of mental junk that goes on. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. And let me, let me, let me say, I didn't talk about this for a long time, um, but my coach, Russell Brunson, he, I remember I was at Funnel Hacking Live um, two years ago and the whole, the whole, the whole, the entire, um, training was about, you know, really, really making people understand that you're human, right? Because a lot of times we see people and, you know, we make assumptions about them. We just assume that they are more, more wealthier. They had a good upbringing or they're naturally, you know, predispositioned to be more athletic or they just, we make assumptions that they're better than us, or they just had it easier. And so those assumptions they keep up. Those are like limiting beliefs, quite frankly, and they keep us from succeeding because we give ourselves excuses as to why we can't do it. So Russell had this training. He talked about how important it was to get people to believe in themselves and how by talking about your story and, and your own, your own past, how you can really, really help somebody. And so I remember I got on the plane and I was, I was bawling, literally bawling. I, I took out this yellow, um, paper and I wrote a letter to my mom. Now, first of all, I want to say this. My mom is one of my favorite people in the world. I love my parents so much. But the reason I asked my mom for permission to share the story is because she has a lot to do with it. So I haven't lived at home since I was 13 years old. I was, my mom was physically abusive to me, um, growing up. And I remember one time I, I, I was in, the bathtub was filled and she, like she was, my head was getting slammed dumped up and down in the water and I was choking and I, you know, my head was hitting the porcelain and then my mom would cry and she would say, I'm sorry, I love you. And it was like this. So it was almost like I lived two lives because I had this really happy family childhood. My dad is like, was like father of the year. Um, but he worked from 6 a.m. to 6 at night. So my, there's a lot of pressure on my mom. My mom had a really, really horrific upbringing. I will not go into that. That's her story. But when I was born, she had all these memories. And so she was, she was physically abusive to me. So um, when I turned 13, I started running away from home because I couldn't handle the abuse anymore. I, I remember I was living in, um, in my RVs. I was living in my friend's closets at night when they, when their parents were sleeping, I would I'd sleep in their closets. I was living in abandoned cars. Um, and over a year they'd, I'd run away. They'd catch me. I'd run away again. Like I wouldn't stay home for long at all. And my, no one knew it was happening. When you're, when you're abused, you rec you rarely tell anybody, right? Like I was, I was embarrassed. I was afraid. I was ashamed. I was scared. Like I remember always waking up with that scared feeling. And the abuse was so bad that I wet the bed until I was um, 10, 10 years old. I wet the bed until I was 10. And they realized when I was in second grade that I couldn't read. So they put me into a special education class. All of this was from the abuse. So 
um, after about a year of running away, I ended up breaking the law. I ended up breaking into my um, my eighth grade uh, school. And while the kids were, while the girls were at law, at PE, I, I, we snuck into the windows and we stole all of their clothes and their lunch money. We didn't have clothes and we needed, we needed money. So we got arrested for that. They sent me to juvenile hall. And like I remember in juvenile hall, it was the scariest thing. I didn't belong there. I was a good kid, right? Just I was having a bad circumstance. And I remember the first like week that I was there, this really tall, I think she had to, I, I remember her being like eight foot tall. <laughs> she wasn't that tall, but she was like this really tall lady, this girl, she took this other girl's head in the bathroom and she started slamming her head against the porcelain toilet and just bashed this girl's head open. Blood was everywhere. I was so afraid. I thought to myself, I'm gonna die in this place. Well, I didn't die. Let me just say what you do. Whenever you're in, if you ever get incarcerated, make friends with the scariest person there. So I made friends with her. Once she finally got out, we became besties and we actually, they made us be roommates. And I was like, I'm gonna make this girl like me because I don't wanna get my butt kicked, right? I was so afraid of her. I was in juvenile hall for about three and a half months. And then, and then they sent me back home. And I remember calling my probation officer and saying, I can't stay here. Like things have not gotten better. And my dad did not know it was happening. So I will never forget my dad when I was leaving to, I, I got, um, oh, oh, wait, before that though, I got, so after juvenile hall, I got sent to a group home for a year. That group home was called Hidden Hills for Girls. Okay. There was nothing hidden about it because they dropped us off in this huge green bus every day labeled Hidden Hills Group Home for Girls, which basically told everybody else in that school that we were screw ups. So the kids made fun of us. They didn't talk to us. They shamed us. We felt even more unloved and unwanted because people at high school did not talk to the girls that were in the group home. So I stayed there for a year. Then I got sent back home. And very quickly, I realized I'm not going to be able to stay here. Things were not different, right? My mom was just still hard. So I called my probation officer and told him that I wanted to, I had to leave. So he arranged for me to go to a foster home. And so I never remember um, leaving the, leaving my, my port, my front, I was leaving to go to the foster home. My dad was in the front yard crying and begging me not to leave. He was like, Krista, please, we could figure this out. Please don't leave. Please don't go. We can do this. We can do this. He didn't know what was happening. I cried. I cried for three months. Like it was the hardest ride to my foster parents' house. Right. And I lived in a foster home from the rest of high school. And when I turned 18, after I graduated, the foster parents kicked me out because their money wasn't coming in. And so I have not lived at home since I was 13 years old. I wet the bed until I was 10. I couldn't read until I was in fourth grade. I have a severe learning disability. I'm telling you this because everybody has stuff. I had to completely master my mindset. When you're physically abused by a parent, you, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel loved. You don't feel wanted. It's a lot of mental junk that goes on. So I have had to stop, snap, and switch like crazy. And I made the choice one day, like, I'm going to have an amazing life. So I, I just became relentless about educating myself and studying and learning how powerful my mind was. I'm at a point now where I don't believe there isn't anything that I can do. Like, I know I can do anything, Okay. I can't do things like fly or, you know, you know, disappear, but I mean, things that are possible. Like I, I just believe in myself. I've developed that mindset. Let me tell you something. When you are physically abused by a parent, you are screwed up. It takes a lot of work and, and work and work and work 
to, 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 to get better. I'm telling you this because I know that some people look at people and they think that they are just unicorns. There is nothing unicornish about me. I have had to work my butt off for every single thing that I have wanted. And the reason why I sold 69 houses my first year, people, when, that, when my husband left me and drained my bank accounts was because of the fact of what I had gone through when I was younger. Keeping my kids in their home and keeping them safe was so important to me. And now you know why. My burning desire was to keep them safe because of me not having my own safety needs met when I was young. Okay. And please don't feel sorry for me. My mom is such an amazing woman. She, um, she helped me heal. Like I, I remember after I graduated from high school and I did a lot of counseling, the counselor helped me confront my mom and I, my mom, like did everything she could. She went to counseling with me. She told my dad what had happened. She told my brothers what had happened. Cause I always felt like they blamed me for leaving. Cause it, when I left the family got totally screwed up. Right. And so, but, but here's what I'll tell you. My, my mom, about two years ago, I was at her house. At, we were having, uh, we were having wine and, you know, talking and she just started bawling. And she's like, I'm so sorry for what I did to you when you were younger. I'm, I, I have such guilt. Guilt, by the way, is like a useless emotion. And I said, mom, I'm happy that you did what you did to me because I'm a badass now. Like you may be awesome, right? Like I'm a fighter, I'm a survivor. And I also told her, mom, because of what you did, it helps people relate and, and helps me be more relatable and helps them understand like, you can't use excuses. You just have to do. There is no one coming to save you, but you, okay? There's no one coming to save you, but you. You are the only one responsible for creating the life that you deserve and you deserve it.